This is the Youpreneur FM podcast, where each week we bring you the strategies and resources you need to build, market, and monetize a profitable, future-proof business around your knowledge and expertise. And now, here's your host, international business mentor and best-selling author, Chris Ducker. Yes, hello, welcome to episode number 371 of Youpreneur FM. I am your host, Chris Ducker, as always, and it's a true pleasure to be with you. Hope you are doing very, very well out there. Actually, it's been a very busy February so far for us, and uh, we're already getting, you know, sort of warmed up here for Youpreneur Summit fever. More on that in the coming weeks. However, today we're going to be deep diving on the subject of speaking and why it's something that you should potentially consider when it comes to building out your ecosystem as a youpreneur, as an entrepreneur, building the business based around their expertise, their personality, and as I always say, the people that you want to serve. Now, I've been speaking on and off for probably the best part of around, I'd say, 17, 18 years or so. But really, over the just last decade, it's something that we've genuinely put into our ecosystem, not necessarily always to make money directly, and we'll talk about that in a little while, but more so, honestly, than anything else, just to spread the message that we are trying to get out there into the world. So today, we're going to sort of dive on whether you even need to do this or not. Some of you might not want to do this. Some of you might not need to do this. We're going to be talking about, um, you know, uh, getting together a bit of a hit list, so to speak, of events that you should potentially look at, uh, you know, as as targets for speaking opportunities. Um, and then we're going to be talking a little bit about that free or that paid speaking model as well as crafting your talk a little bit and uh, getting ready to hit the stage at the gig itself. So, Lots to cover. So first and foremost, the big question here is, do we even need this bloody thing, right? Is this something that we actually need to do in the first place? Now, I don't know where I read this, but recently I did read somewhere that apparently the fear of public speaking is second only to the fear of death. That's pretty hardcore. (laughs) If you break that down, people fear. After dying, people fear being on the stage in front of other people, second on the list of things that they are most scared of in life. Wow. Um, I'm not surprised, though, to be honest with you, because I've been in situations where many people have asked me for tips and tactics and that sort of type of thing when it comes to their speaking. And a lot of them actually comes down to confidence issues, uh, you know, the fear of rejection, being laughed at, being ignored, whatever it is. So here's my number one sort of tip here is that if this is something that just absolutely scares you to death, it's probably not a business model that you're going to want to include in your ecosystem. Your time could be much better spent doing other things that bring you joy. I'm going to go all Marie Kondo here on you, but brings you joy and, you know, has has you enjoying what you're doing as a business owner because you know we spend so many t- so many hours, so, so much time in our in our lives at work, quote unquote. I think it's important that we actually enjoy what we do. And if this is something that you don't think you're going to enjoy, then it's not something you should really pursue. So let's get that elephant out of the room straight away. However, if it is something that you believe could bring some benefit to your business and to the people that you want to attract into that ecosystem, it is something that you should be 
very much considering because I can tell you from personal experience and I've been on stages anything from you know 10 people in the audience to a couple of thousand I can tell you something right now without a shadow of a doubt it's brought many many opportunities my way opened up many many doors and obviously made me a certain amount of money in my career as well so the first thing we want to do once we've considered that this is something that we do actually want to do is we need to look at our potential hit list of events. Now, there are a ton of events out there. However, obviously, not all of them are going to be right for your message. And nine times out of 10, actually, a lot of them are going to be kind of a waste of your time because the people that are attending the events are potentially not going to be uh, people that you should attract into your ecosystem. They're not your customer avatar. In fact, just recently, I was working with a coaching client of ours who was asking me whether they should speak at this one particular event in the United States, which is quite a large event. And I told them, no, because the people that attend that event are not your customer avatar in any way, shape, or form. So it would be utterly pointless you going and actually, you know, uh, spending time rehearsing a talk, putting a talk together, being on stage, et cetera, et cetera. But this person was saying, well, you know, it's the networking opportunities and things like that. That's great. Go to the event. Just don't speak at the event, if that's the case. If it's an opportunity creator that you're wanting, if it's a networking uh, sort of opportunity that you want to create out of it, then that's absolutely fine. But it doesn't mean that you need to spend weeks, if not months, putting together a call, you know, an actual talk and then going ahead and you know, rehearsing that and doing it live at the event itself. So have a look at the potential events out there. And there are many, many, many that are in your niche that you could pretend just a quick Google will, will give you a plethora of options to look at. Then look at the avatar of the people that are actually attending. You don't want to speak at an event just because other people in your niche are speaking at it. Look at the avatar of the attendee. If there's a fit, then you can put it on your hit list or your wish list, whatever you want to call it. Next to that comes relationship building. You know, a lot of events will actually have a call for speaker. They'll have some sort of a application process, right? And that's fine. If that's the case, then put your application in, talk about how great you are, how much value you can provide to their attendees. One big tip here is to actually give them a title and a description of your potential uh, speech right there and then, whether they've asked for it or not, because it'll it'll allow them to start kind of picturing what you'll be like at the event itself, right? So relationship building here, there's two ways to look at it. First and foremost, it's event-focused relationship building. These are the people that run the event. These are the people in charge of picking speakers. I want to get to know this person in a short-term view to get my bottom on that stage, plain simple. This isn't something that you want to last forever, And that leads me to the second relationship building focus when it comes to speaking, and that is a long-term relationship. I've been very, very blessed to know many, many event organizers, and a lot of them have become very good, close friends of mine. In fact, you know, my number one rule for people getting on the stages at my event is that you better have a relationship in place with me First, we don't do a call for speakers at my events. We we get people on stage that I know personally, that I've got a relationship with, that I've known for a while, that I know are going to turn up and drop bombs. And that's what it's about. These kind of relationships are the ones that I favor personally myself. Whether I intend to speak at an event next year or whether it's five years from now, you put genuine effort into building 
those types of relationships. That's the second thing is to really look at the type of relationships that you need to build to get your ass on those stages. The next one is the time-honored conversation slash debate of should I speak for free when I'm starting out or should I look at being paid straight away? Maybe there's a hybrid opportunity there as well. Look, truth be told, the chances of you getting paid to speak in today's live event world at the beginning of your speaking career are next to zero. Why? Because you're an unproven entity. It's not a personal thing. It's not as if people don't think you know you know, what you know and what you're going to be talking about. But the fact is you're an unproven entity. It's really that simple. So if that's the case, you just got to suck it up and go speak for free if you really want to speak at that event. Some events might cover your costs involved in travel and maybe accommodation at a hotel or an Airbnb. But at the end of the day, it's highly likely that you'll be obviously investing your time as well as your money on speaking at that event or the first two, three, maybe four, five events to be able to get yourself out there and known as somebody who speaks on the topic that you want to speak on. Now, from time to time, there might be that hybrid model where they will offer you a small speaking fee, but you might have to take care of your accommodation and your travel. So take that into consideration as well. The other thing, however, is that there are additional ways to be able to monetize a public speaking gig, right? You, If you've got a book under your belt already, you can maybe convince the event organizer to give everybody in the audience a free copy of the book, even if you're doing it at cost. That's maybe a couple of hundred people that have now got your book in their hands that wouldn't maybe normally have done so. They're going to look at that book. They're going to flick through it. They're going to read it and potentially maybe sign up and spend money with you in some way, shape or form in the near future. The other thing is at the absolute bare minimum, you must include an opt-in offer of some kind at the end of your presentation. Remember, these are people that you've got now. They're right in front of you right this second. That will never happen again, highly likely, in regards to this you know, specific group. So get them on your email list when you've got that opportunity. Present an offer to them, which is a free opt-in offer that is related to the talk that you've just given giving them a nice, clear, concise URL at the end of the talk, show that URL up on the final slide of your talk and get them to opt in. If you don't do that, more fool you because you'll never get that opportunity again. So there you go, free or paid, whatever the case may be, figure it out and go ahead and do a great job. Now, I will say as as a caveat to this, Obviously, as you've built up a little bit more of a brand for yourself as a speaker, your speaking fee will be a point of discussion. And I will say, just like I do a lot of the time, when you're in an opportunity to be able to monetize this particular side of your ecosystem, make sure, honestly, you are charging what you're worth, right? Now, in your mind, you might be thinking that you're worth 100 grand a keynote. The chances are it's probably not going to be that high. But look around at what other people are doing in your industry and within your niche. What are they charging? Speak with other speakers. I think you'll find that almost everybody is pretty friendly. You might come across the old idiot every now and then, but most people that you're coming into contact with within the world that are you know, doing this type of thing to be able to build their brand and their business are going to be quite easy to talk with and quite free with giving up inf- information on how they're doing what they're doing. 
Now, once we've obviously got our gig, we have to craft our signature talk. And this is something that I have spent probably the best part of a couple of years on in the past, over the course of the last 10 years. And I mean that sincerely. This is collecting of information. And I've had probably three signature talks, I would have thought, over the time that I've been speaking, you know, as part of our our business model. Um, And, you know, I'll say that this is not something that you sit down at your computer and say, I'm going to put together a talk today. No, you collect a number of ideas, you validate them through podcasts or videos or maybe social media posts and things like that. Some of them are going to rock, some of them are not. And obviously the ones that do float quite well and are received well, they're the sort of types of things that you're going to be incorporating in your slides and in your talk itself. Now that brings me to slide design. If you are not a graphic designer, please do not design your own slides. <laughs> Get a graphic designer to do it for you. There is nothing more off-putting, regardless of how great the speaker is that's on the stage, than a really rubbish-looking slide deck. Been there, done that, don't do it anymore. It's horrific. Trust me, guys, if you are going to invest anything in your speaking career, other than maybe hiring a speaking coach of some variety, invest in good graphic design for your slide deck. And my number one rule is avoid death by bullet points at all costs. You want to make sure that your slides are really cool looking, maybe just an image on their own with one or two words of text to kind of back up whatever point that you're trying to get across verbally. But whatever you do, avoid these click, 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 and all these bullet points popping up on the screens. Absolutely horrific when you see that. You know what I'm talking about. The chances are you've probably seen it already. Youpreneur FM, your number one personal brand business podcast. So now we go into sort of the gig itself, right? Like you've you've gone through all these things, you've figured out that this is for you, you've looked at your potential events that you want to speak at, you've built up a great relationship with somebody at one of those events. The gig has been offered to you. Maybe you're getting paid. Maybe you're not, whatever it is. You've sent, you know, you've sat down and you spent some time physically crafting your talk. You've you've put together a great slide deck with the help of somebody who actually knows what they're doing. And now it comes down to rehearsing, walkthroughs, and that sort of type of thing. So there's a couple of things real quick. I will say a prepared speaker is going to do 10 times better on stage in front of a live audience than somebody that thinks that they're just going to rock up on stage and drop it for the first time right there as a dress rehearsal. It ain't going to happen. Whenever I've put together a signature talk, and probably the one I'm most known for is my Business of You talk, which I've done well over 50 times around the world, I will sit and I will fundamentally rehearse and walk through that in in full-blown performance mode many, many, many times, maybe 15, 20 times before I do it for the first time and the second time. After, obviously, I've done it a whole bunch of times, I don't need to do a full-blown rehearsal. But I can tell you something right now. Every time I've done any presentation, I've always had a run-through, a quick walkthrough in my hotel room prior to leaving that hotel and going to the conference venue and dropping it on stage. Why? Because being prepared is everything 
when you're in this situation. There are little tech snafus that might come your way. Maybe slides might mess up in terms of the way that they're displayed, or potentially maybe your microphone might give you issues on stage. In fact, actually, I remember one time many years ago, was at, and at part of the stage almost fell down on me. Now, these are the things that an unprepared speaker, when something like that would happen, they would become very flustered and they're going to lose where they are in their talk and they'll screw it all up. I've actually seen it happen. Not me, baby. No, no, no. In fact, actually, when that bit of the stage almost dropped down on me, I went into a Mr. Miyagi Karate Kid pose as if I was getting ready to take the stage on and everybody in the audience laughed at it and I was able to be able to transition straight back into my talk. So bear in mind, rehearsing, super important and having that walkthrough, if it is a talk that you've done a while, is very important as well. Every single time before you get up on stage, make sure you walk through and you prepare properly for your speech. And then lastly here is the gig itself. Two things that I do every single time before I get on stage at an event. Number one, I get to the venue early. I introduce myself to the AV team at the back of the room. These are the guys who are going to make me sound awesome and look awesome. So you want to become friendly with them right out of the gate. Uh, actually, on several occasions, I've even turned up with coffee for these people or maybe a bag of M&Ms or candy or whatever it might be, just to sort of make a bit of a good first impression and to make them think, oh, this guy, Chris Ducker, he's actually a pretty cool dude. We're going to spend a little bit more time looking at him when he's on stage, making sure that he looks good in terms of lights and sounds good in terms of his mic cutting out and that sort of thing. So that's the first thing is to get to the venue early, become friendly with the AV team. Trust me, guys, they are going to be your best friends for that 45 minutes, that one hour, whatever it is that you're on stage. And by the time you're done and you get off stage and you go back to the AV booth to become unmiked, thank them sincerely. Shake some hands because you never know when you're going to bump into those people again. These are generally uh, you know, companies that are contracted to do lots and lots of different events throughout the course of the year. And on a number of occasions, I've come across the same people at different events when I've been traveling around, particularly in America. So take that into consideration as well. And then finally... The, th- the last thing I do before I get on stage, so I've been at the AV booth, I'm all mic'd up, I'm ready to go, the slide deck is ready, I've got my clicker on you know, a table or maybe a, a podium or whatever it is next to, the, to the, you know, the entrance point on stage, whatever it is, the last thing I do before I get on stage is I walk around the audience and I say, hello. I just introduce myself, even if it's just a handful of people, whether you do it right before you get on stage, actually, or whether it's towards the beginning of the morning or whatever it is. If people are congregating in the room, in the venue that you're going to be speaking, spend just literally, guys, 10 minutes here introducing yourself to a handful of people peppered around the room. By doing so, when you get on stage and you start dropping your speech, you'll feel as if you've got a few friends in the audience. And you can make eye contact with those people at several times throughout the course of your speech as well to kind of bring them back into the presentation as well. So I hope this episode has been super insightful for you. Again, speaking not for everybody, but if it is something you feel you should be doing to be able to spread your message further and to bring more people into your world and and what you can do for them, then it's certainly an aspect of the ecosystem that you should be potentially looking to build out. I'll be back again next week with another episode of Youpreneur FM. Until then, take great care. 
thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Youpreneur FM. We'll be back next week. But in the meantime, why not head over to our official website at youpreneur.com to access all our tools and resources essential to building, marketing, and monetizing a future-proof business based around your expertise. We'll see you next time.